0: Welcome to the debut episode of Keeping It Strong Style on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jeremy Donovan, alongside my co-host, the young boy, Josh Smith. Josh, what's going on, man? Uh, nothing, man. This is crazy. We're, we're doing this. We're recording a podcast about New Japan Wrestling, man. That's right, <laughs> man. It's time for the number one uh, pro wrestling promotion as far as in ring action and storytelling to be discussed on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Lucha Underground? Ha 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 So we just want to thank you guys for downloading the show. The best way you can support our show and all the other shows on our network is to subscribe to the Social Suplex Podcast Network on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts, you can find us. Go ahead and subscribe, leave us a rating and review, and help us get over. (laughs) (laughs) That's Going going over huge. (laughs) That's right. Top talent out here. So... Uh, before we kind of kick into all the stuff we want to talk about on the show tonight, since this is a new show on the network, we kind of want you guys to get to know us, and we're gonna give a little background on kind of how we became wrestling fans, and then how we became uh, New Japan uh, wrestling fans.
1: Oh, let's let's start off with this. Like two weeks ago, the idea of this podcast was non-existent so that's the crazy thing like in my mind right now is like we're sitting right here what what did we just watch we just watched uh survivor series right Right. yes and we were aghast at how terrible um well it was a good show but how terrible that main event was and we were just sitting there and we were on uh the one nation radio podcast at the time one nation radio what's up shout out and jeremy just looks at me he's like we should just cover new japan that's what we watch anyways And, uh, you know, I was like, you're right, man.
0: (laughs) Yeah, because, I mean, I've been toying around with starting a podcast for a while now. And, you know, so far, all the shows on the network cover WWE. And so, at the time, I was like, man, I really don't want to do another WWE show. And then, like you said, I just had the epiphany, like, why don't we just cover New Japan? Like, we're, we're always talking about how much we love it. Let's talk about it.
1: I couldn't cover a WWE show like full-time because that would require me to watch all the (laughs) products and like i catch the big shows and i you know i keep track of what's going on i'm not saying i don't follow wwe but if i had to seriously watch raw and smackdown every and 205 live every single week i would kill myself
0: (laughs) yeah it's it's a pretty rough schedule especially when not every episode is the best and it's kind of hit and miss Uh, so yeah, so a little bit about uh, how I became a wrestling fan I've pretty much been watching wrestling since I was three years old Uh, my grandfather was the one who got me into it Um, all time favorite wrestler is the heartbreak kid Shawn Michaels Um, yeah, like I've been watching wrestling ever since I watched WWE, WCW ECW Um, I watched TNA from probably like 2002 to like 2010 2011 um, watch Ring of Honor on and off, um, and then I really got introduced to New Japan. Like I've heard about, I heard about guys, and I would see guys in Ring of Honor, and I'd see people in other random promotions I'd watch growing up. But I re- honestly, to tell the truth, I really did not start following New Japan until Wrestle Kingdom Nine, when Jeff Jarrett and a uh, Global Force Wrestling promoted uh, Wrestle Kingdom Nine in the U.S., and it was seemed like a pretty big deal. And um, AJ Styles is one of my favorite wrestlers. I think that was his first Wrestle Kingdom. and um, You know Global Force <clears> uh, <throat> just launched a website, or just launched the era stream. It's, it's pretty, yeah. pretty cool. I wonder if New Japan's gonna be on it. <laughs> yeah, New Japan should buy it. Uh, but yeah, so Wrestle Kingdom 9 was kind of my, my gateway into uh, New Japan ever since then. I've slowly gotten into it, and I've been starting to watch the big shows slowly and slowly. And then, pretty much after Wrestle Kingdom 11 this year, I've been like full go. I've watched, you know, all the big shows. I've watched the G1, uh, you know, all the tournaments coming out. I've been following the product pretty much full time now. Nice, man. <laughs> so, so, what about you, Josh? How when do you start watching wrestling?
1: Oh man, I literally. You know what's funny? I'm uh... 29 now, 1990, for some reason, I would have only been two years old, but I remember Hogan and Warrior. I don't know why I remember that, but I do. <laughs> so, I mean, I've literally been watching wrestling my entire life. My whole family has. My mom was pregnant with me at Cobo Hall the night that Ronnie Garvin came off the, the top of the cage and uh, won the NWA belt off Ric Flair in Detroit. So, I mean, I, that's how long I've been around wrestling. So, my whole entire life. Um, as far as, like, my favorite wrestler goes, I mean, it depends on what age you're talking to me. Like, you know, teenage Josh really liked Ultimate Warrior. No one could beat that guy. <laughs> um, you know... Uh, probably my older adolescence, I would say Mick Foley by far, but not Mick Foley in general, but Mick Foley as Mankind. And then as Cactus Jack, that would definitely have to be my favorite. And then as I got older, it kind of turned more from being like, who's my favorite wrestler to just being a fan of the crap, being a fan of,
0: you know, the, the whole industry, the the dirt sheets. and Yeah, that's one thing I'll say as we are gotten older it's it's kind of harder to have like a favorite wrestler especially watching a product like new japan where everybody is so good and everybody's putting out such good stuff it's so hard to pick one guy to get behind
1: yeah you know what that's funny you mentioned that if i had to really think about it i don't know that i have a favorite a single favorite in uh in new japan at all literally i don't i think probably nakamura was my favorite uh, before he left, but right now I I mean, how do you choose between a Naito and an Okada, or between a Tanahashi and an Omega, like how do you Right, do
0: that? I mean they're all producing such great stuff and having such amazing matches, it's like
1: I can't even say I like any of those guys better than like an Ishii or something, you know what I mean? So right. it's like, how, like it, it's too tough, um, but my background, as far as getting into to Japanese wrestling, it really, I think my first real exposure obviously is like the Japanese stars coming to America. So, you know, Muto and Liger and Kai and Tai coming into WWE, stuff like that. Right. Uh, Yeah. And then um, as time went on, they started showing those clips of uh, Mick Foley wrestling in Japan, and I was like, what the
0: heck is this? <laughs> yeah, you'd see those clips, and I'm like, man, Japan is crazy. They just All they do is like barbed wire bomb matches over there. Like, what are they
1: like, doing? Man, those guys just wrestle on C4, and that's all they do over in Japan. <laughs> right. So I, I that was kind of my uh, impression of, of Japanese wrestling at the time. I just thought it was death matches. And then uh, in the mid-2000s, you know, YouTube came around, so a couple of things happened. I started getting really into like FMW and IWA and all these deathmatch promotions because I was like, what are the craziest matches out there? And you see matches where guys have to put their head into a tank with piranhas and uh, there's a cobweb of freaking barbed wire and you have to get dropped into it. Just crazy stuff. And I didn't realize, I didn't even know how old those clips, some of them were from FMW. I didn't know because it was, you know, it was pretty limited knowledge back then, even for right. the internet. Um, but then something else started to happen. I really started getting into UWF because I was a, fa- a Vader mark and I heard that Vader had these matches that were like real fights, but kind of not r- r- like real. Right, a- and <clears throat> I was like, like a work shoot kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, like a work shoot. And I didn't know what those were. So then all of a sudden I started seeing guys like Yojiano and Takata and Sakuraba, all these guys in Kingdom. And I thought it was great because my... MMA fanship actually drew me more towards Japanese wrestling than towards the WWE product. Even uh, as I got older, when I was in college, I stopped watching wrestling, but I was still watching japanese wrestling uh and then when then on the message boards people would say oh well if you like wrestling and you're a real wrestling fan you got to watch all japan from the 90s and so i was like oh okay like who who are these guys i know stan hansen but i don't know you know i don't know freaking tenryu or baba or uh you know not that they're wrestling in the 90s but it started with those guys and then jumbo and then Mizawa and kawada and uh freaking every you know everybody over there and that went, once I started seeing those guys doing the four four corners of heaven matches and uh, getting dropped on their heads and the crazy lariats and the the way that they built the match. Lariato. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I never I never watched it live while it was going on, but that that's what fascinated me about Japanese wrestling was I realized these guys are better workers across the board than what they're doing in America. I would say that. Probably with Wrestle Kingdom 9 opening up the gates to American fans and our exposure of what's going on over there. You see a renaissance of people following that product, you know, and it even uh, inspired me to go back. And I've been watching over the past couple years a bunch of 80s matches, you know, and seeing what happened prior. Because I love 80s wrestling, you know, and all that and the juniors division and all the
0: different. Yeah, you're, you're definitely the historian of the Social Suplex Podcast Network. You know, all the old school stuff. And at uh, some point in uh, future episodes, we're definitely going to go back and uh, cover some uh, old-school New Japan stuff.
1: But, but yeah, I mean, it brings us to our current point where, like, I don't think very many of us on our network or very many of us in our wrestling groups that we're, we're a member of were actively following the careers of Ka- Okada and Tanahashi. We heard about these guys. Right. You know, but nobody until... You know, Axis came out, now, now we can see these matches. And, you know, they got them up on New Japan World, and then there's, you know, Pirating Size and all these different right. stuff. Right, it's, like, all over the place. Right, so that kind of brings us to where we are today, to where it's like,
0: you got to cover this. It's it's the best wrestling in on the planet. Right. And, uh, I mean, if you're not covering it... Like, I, I find it hard for people to have an opinion about it if you don't watch it. I, I know there's a lot of people out there, they hear about the five and six star matches and they kind of roll their eyes yet they've never watched the product or if they do watch it they they just want to be against the crowd and not you know buy into what's going on I mean you watch those matches it's hard to say that they're not amazing better
1: better than all the other matches that have happened right right (laughs) I mean everyone's everyone's got their own everyone has their own opinions when it comes to this sort of thing and I'm you know if someone says hey I like Taker and uh, you know, Michaels better than Omega Okada. Whatever. You know, that's that's their opinion. But when when a match has universal appeal and universal acclaim, the way that the Okada Omega series and actually this entire year of New Jap- Japanese, you know, New Japan wrestling has had, and the and the previous years, you can't you can't like snuff your nose up at that when right everybody who's watching it is literally saying this is the best product, this is the best in ring product that is that's happening today. And it's been that way for five years, six years, seven years, who knows how long.
0: Right, and uh, one of the goal, my goals for this podcast is I hope that we kind of uh, motivate and inspire people to start watching uh, New Japan on a more regular basis. And so, uh, keep listening to this show, and we're going to get you hooked on New Japan, guys. Guys, you won't regret it. Trust me, it's worth it. <laughs> and uh, I mean, the first show that you should probably check out is the biggest show of the year, which is called Wrestle Kingdom. It's uh, New Japan's WrestleMania. Happens every January 4th. Um, this, uh, or technically next year, 2018's Wrestle Kingdom, looks like it's going to be just as big as ever. Um, I mean, the ticket sales are kind of out of the uh, roof right now. Um. I mean, we we should probably start right there. I think we'll
1: do some more eventually on this show if you guys keep listening. We're gonna do some in-depth coverage on uh, Wrestle Kingdom, especially since uh, you know it's coming up. But there's a lot of
0: news going on right now. A lot of stuff to talk about today. Right. But these Wrestle Kingdom tickets are insane, Jeremy. Right. So. From what I've uh, seen, they've sold about what twenty thousand tickets right now. Well,
1: they, they came out on Twitter and even just this. I mean, the news had already broke like last week, but the um, their their head of uh, international on Twitter just tweeted and he said that they've done a They're up hundred and eighty percent in uh, pre-ticket buys over any previous pre-ticket year that they've ever done. They've already sold out twenty thousand seats last year they only did like 26 and change right so they've almost eclipsed it and it's not even December Or
0: it's just now December yeah just yeah just December I mean and they're already projecting to go past that and I mean a lot of that is part of the big main event of uh, Okada versus Naito for the IWGP world title that's a pretty big match but also the X factor this year has to be the Kenny Omega versus Chris Jericho match
1: yeah, well, the, the, the crazy thing about Omega and Jericho right now is, there, and there's a lot of angles to it, but I mean, one of it is the international appeal. They have never sold as many tickets to U.S. fans as they are right now. Right. And uh, it actually got to the point where, um, and uh, I could look this up, but we, we'd have to find out, but the, I was reading about how the dealer who you can go through to get New Japan tickets, he sold out. And right now, they don't have any more reserved. They're hoping eventually to, um, if you're a US fan, you want to go over there to make more available, right? But right now, if you're here domestically in America and you're not in Japan, you can't get tickets to this show. That's how many, they sold out.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's cr- it's crazy. And like, this Omega Jericho match, you know, is definitely gonna bring in more um, US eyes, more eyes from Canada. You have the hottest star um, in New Japan right now, or one of the hottest stars, Kenny Omega. He is the current IWGP United States champion. Um, you know, he's had all these six-star matches this year, and he's going against Chris Jericho, now calling himself the Alpha Chris Jericho. When did that start? That started just for this match, just playing off the whole Omega thing, Alpha, gotcha, Alpha yeah. and Omega. Did
1: uh, you uh, so when you were watching uh, the last pay per view was Power Struggle right right
0: and did you see that live or did you watch it the next day what was your reaction um, so overall I thought the Power Struggle pay per view was very good I watched it, like either the next day or a couple of days later um, so the Jericho news had already been out there before I even watched the pay per view but um, watching it and just seeing how the fans reacted to Jericho when he came up on the screen was huge.
1: Was there was there was this one of those moments where Jericho was there any kind of rum?
0: Oh, that's right. They they had the Twitter beef, right? So this actually, you know, you can you can trace this whole Omega Jericho thing back. You know, earlier in the summer, um, there's a podcast out there called Killing the Town, which is hosted by Lance Storm and Cyrus, uh, also known as Don Callis, and um, they did a. a show with Jericho, uh, Cyrus, and Omega. That was a
1: good episode.
0: Yeah, and they also did a Talk as Jericho episode of all three of those guys as well. That was be- right before Dominion, right? Right. Right. So you, and that was the first time that Omega met Jericho. So you gotta... You got oh, that's interesting. Yeah, so you gotta think that's where the seeds got planted. Like, they met and they were probably like, you know, what if we could do something? And then you fast forward now to the last couple months, they've gotten this huge Twitter war. Well, Jericho's doing... Um you know, next year he's doing the
1: the cruise with right. all the Ring of Honor guys, and they might have new J- Japan new Japan guys. And obviously, there's talent that's shared between the two of them. Young Bucks, obviously, one of the main main draws is going to be on that card. And I think that's part of where a, a lot of it started was people were saying, "Is Kenny Omega going to be on this cruise?" Right. Because I want to go on it. Right. And uh, then you start seeing Jericho saying stuff on Twitter about how he didn't respect, you know, <laughs> basically that. Omega might be a great talent, but he's working these small indie. Right, federations. he's
0: never worked in the big league, yeah. <laughs> where the big boys play.
1: And um, you know, with that being the case, I mean, obviously Jericho comes from the same background as Omega and the rest of these uh, international guys who've gone over to Japan. I mean, that's where Jericho made his name. So it's it was pretty suspicious hearing Jericho saying,
0: you know, he didn't respect these guys, they right. hadn't done what he did it's like, oh, is this a character? Right, and well, Jericho did a good job working because from my, my Twitter feed, I saw a lot of people that were like this is dumb, why are they feuding there's no way they're going to ever wrestle each other There's no payoff. Yeah, there's no payoff to this stupid Twitter feud, this is dumb, why are they doing this? And they worked us all, because even, even me, I was like yeah, mm-hmm. this is probably not going to happen Jericho's always said that He's never gonna wrestle for anybody. That's what I thought. Besides Vince McMahon, so I'm like, yeah, I kind of agreed with everybody. Like, yeah, this is kind of a waste of time. Like, this match is not gonna happen. Like,
1: well, you you know, even um, like listening to the Observer uh, like live and Observer Radio they didn't think that this match was going to happen this way either. They were right. saying, oh, well, there's a possibility because he's doing the cruise, that they could be building towards a match next year. Nobody, and I mean nobody, I don't right. care, I didn't hear anybody on any message boards. Nobody called this. Nobody was saying, oh, they're going to do Omega and Jericho at the Tokyo Dome. Right. So, it's funny because Jericho is so famous for having these these uh, returns that nobody knows about, or maybe there's Build, but it's really, you know, we don't know who it is for the most part. And then this instance, he was able to do one of those famous Jericho returns, but still build it at the same time in right. the public eye and get get
0: enough heat behind it so that when they announce the match, it's like holy crap. <laughs> You're right. It was awesome. I think this, the setup was perfect too because um, something you guys will learn as you start watching New Japan on these big pay-per-views, after a title match, usually the, somebody comes out and challenges a champion and most times that's how you get your number one contender. And um, Omega had just defended the title against Trent Beretta and uh, it was a great very, match. Yeah, very great match. Defeated Beretta, um in his first big um, heavyweight uh, title match, and so you know Omega was out there in the Young Bucks. You didn't, you didn't think
1: that uh, Yoshihashi versus Omega was a big match? <laughs> uh,
0: what's a good uh, comparison for Yoshihashi for to compare to WWE so people can get kind of understand?
1: Oh my God. I don't know,
0: <laughs> um.
1: <laughs> Yoshihashi. I guys, as much as I love New Japan and as talented as Yoshihashi is as a worker, I cannot stand Yoshihashi. They they need to get him into a like an
0: actual gimmick or do something with the guy. Um, I can't think of a. a yeah. Good I'm, I'm trying to think of a WWE equivalent, but nothing's coming to my mind. But I think, pretty much Yoshihashi. Maybe Ziggler. I don't know. No. <laughs> no. Yoshihashi. He's like a low mid card guy. He has good matches every once in a while, but it, there's no real steam behind him, and for him to have a U.S. title match against Omega, it was one of those matches you're like, Roman? oh. <laughs> 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 no, not that bad. But when, one, once they announced Omega versus Yoshihashi, we're like, well, duh, Omega's gonna just job in this guy. Ginger uh, without the title. There we go. <laughs> 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 um, so, yeah, so... So back, yet? so Omega defeated Beretta, and him and the Young Bucks are out there cutting a the promo, and there you know, Omega's waiting for who's gonna come out and challenge him, and nobody came out, so like, oh, I guess, you know, nobody wants to challenge me, and they're getting ready to leave the ring, then the Jericho video pops up on the big screen, and, you know, that's a video that's been going around, and... How did you react to it? Like, what were your initial thoughts? Well, let's see, well, cause I, I the news broke before I was able to watch it. So when the gotcha. news, when the news broke, cause I pretty much, cause you know those shows happen in, happen in the middle of the middle of the morning for us. You guys freaking ruined it for me. You guys
1: posted it like uh, on like we have a group chat. You guys posted in the group chat, and I was like, wait, grainy video, Omega Jericho. This is really happening. Like, well, oh my god. Well,
0: I didn't post that. I think it might have been Rich that posted it, but you know I woke because those shows happen like you know in the middle of the morning right. over here for us so i woke up to this whole all this news about jericho
1: let's let's be clear here guys i'm just going to let you know we're going to be covering new japan but i work at 9 to 5 i'm not going to be watching any of these cards live ever again i did it for wrestle kingdom last year and as proud of a moment as it was for me it actually ruined my sleep schedule for like
0: months (laughs) so uh, I'm too old to be doing that right but uh Uh, yeah we will not be watching anything live but the way we tape our shows it'll, it'll be fine so um we'll get you guys the best coverage we can
1: it's gonna be dropping once a week and we'll cover what's current we'll cover maybe stuff from the past, whatever we really feel like, because, you know, we're the top talent. Right, we're the
0: ace of podcasts. We're the
1: ace of podcasts. We're going to dictate the card, and we're not doing no jobs.
0: Exactly. (laughs) So uh, back to Omega Jericho. So yeah, Jericho laid the challenge down, um, Omega accepted, and now we have this big U.S. title match for the Tokyo Dome, Wrestle Kingdom 12 on January 4th. Well, it's, it's so smart
1: because... Yeah, is it a big match in Japan? It it absolutely is. You've got two of the best gaijin, most well-known gaijin and most talented gaijin that have ever competed there in a
0: dream match. And uh, for those of you who don't know, gaijin is um, the term for a foreigner. Right, right. So with that being
1: said, is this the main event in Japan? Absolutely not. Uh, And I don't think it will outperform Okada and Naito, but at the same time, you have a main event that can draw in the outsider because how many people that are hardcore fans that have, you know, they know about New Japan, they know what's happening, but they're they're not going to tune in for Naito and Okada, right? Right. Because they're like, oh, it's just overhyped, just another match, blah blah blah. But when you see Jericho's there, who doesn't want to see what what that is? Right. You know, it's it's. And it's funny because Jericho said that his inspiration for this match was the buy rate that Mayweather and Conor McGregor did this past year, this past summer. And this has very much got that same appeal. The idea there was we can draw MMA fans to watch this boxing match. And this is kind of very similar to that. We can draw these North American and European and New Zealand and Australian fans. And, you know, internationally, we can draw fans who know Chris Jericho... To a product that maybe they don't watch and increase revenue, increase interest. I mean, this is the first time in, since the early 2000s they're talking about selling out the Tokyo Dome.
0: Right. <laughs> and, um, and something very interesting about this whole thing, um, Wrestle Kingdom 12 is not on pay-per-view. The only way to watch it is subscribing to um, New Japan World, which is their version of the WWE Network. And you know, there's been a lot of question of that's a big mistake, because there is so much interest in here. They could possibly make more money on pay-per-view. Well, there's a couple things with that.
1: You know, um, people say that pay-per-view is dead, right? right, in the states and all that. But um, when you have a an event, and I'm not saying that this would do a huge buy rate by any means, I because no Japanese wrestling. Fight uh, or, or match or pay per view card in the past ever has done extremely well, but there have been financially successful ones. Right. And they want the, the idea, I think the thinking that they have is we would rather people tune in and buy the New Japan World uh, subscription so we can up our subscription rate than put it on um, pay per view. But the reality is WWE is actually this year outperforming previous year's pay per views with an increased, uh, um, like, viewers or membership to their network. Right. And it's because there's a whole fan base of people that are just not going to get a subscription.
0: Right. There's, a, there's like, an older fan base, I think. They don't really trust streaming services, and they're like, yeah, I'm not I'm not signing up for no monthly streaming service. I'm just going to, you know, buy my old school pay-per-view like I do every month. And so, yeah, there's still a large amount of people out there who are, are, are paying 60 bucks for a pay-per-view and not, signing up nine ninety nine. How many people watched Wrestle Kingdom nine on pay per view and didn't get the New Japan World and because
1: they saw it actually turned around and got it? You know what I mean? When once you get exposure to that product and you're like, Okay, how else can I see it? Well there's not gonna be any future pay per views. This was one off. All right, well I gotta get this this streaming service. Right. Now. So I I do think ultimately it's a it's a lost um, opportunity. Um, Jericho was pushing, apparently, uh, the reports were that Jericho was pushing really hard to get this on pay-per-view in the States and it, it's not going to happen. Um, Access, though, and if you guys are listening, Access TV, if you have that, check your cable, uh, provider, they run New Japan, um, a canned show for New Japan every single Friday night. Right. They kind of show the highlights from all the big shows. Right. And they've got, uh, instead of having Kevin Kelly and Don, uh, Don Callis do the commentary, they've got Jim Ross and Josh Barnett, which is great. Aside from uh, their job this last year at the G1 Live <laughs> special, when they're in the studio, they're a really good team. Right, But last year,
0: they did cover the G1 uh, a week later. Um, and they Right. They've been getting really good at covering... Shows um, a lot faster. Like we mentioned, the Power Struggle pay per view just happened, and the last few episodes on Access, they've you know been covering those big matches that happened at Power Struggle.
1: Yeah, so I mean, the the deal there is last year they cover, they did it, they broke it up I think into three or four episodes, and they covered it each week. They just did a whole month of of Wrestle Kingdom. Um, there've been reports that there. Any day now that the the heads over at Access are about to announce something big related to Wrestle Kingdom, uh, does that mean that there's going to be they they did cover the G One Special in the USA live uh, for the first night? I can't imagine that they would do it live, of course, but I mean if if maybe they're just hyping up the fact that they're going to announce the same thing they did last year. They're just going to cover it for a month, but I mean, what are the chances that maybe? On a tape delay a few days later. They'll do the whole show as yeah. one show. I don't know.
0: I mean, there's a lot of different things they can do there. Yeah, the tape delay, you know, maybe, maybe even the next day or something, some kind of big special. But it, it wouldn't make sense if they did that, because to me it would... If they were going to do that, they might as well have just done the pay-per-view in the first place. Right. So, yeah, we'll, we'll have to keep our eyes on what's going on with that whole Access TV deal. The Going back to
1: Omega and Jericho, though, there have been... Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, we can't read Japanese. So, you know, I don't have a way to look into Tokyo sports and see what the you know what the Japanese wrestlers are saying, except for, you know, whatever gets transcribed and comes over here. We don't have su- subscriptions to Weekly Pro Wrestling over there. But so I don't know how well they're hyping some of the, the main event feuds like Okada and Naito. I mean, they've done a fantastic job, you know, uh, within... The storytelling of the card obviously and right now like during the, and we're gonna cover the tag league in a future episode but right now during the tag league they've got matches going on between Naito and Okada but we don't really know in the media how much they're hyping that match but with Omega and Jericho, Jericho they're doing a fantastic job
0: right yeah now. I mean and you know both of those guys are great at social media and just uh, the promos are doing and um we just watched, rewatched, um, you know, Kenny Omega's one of his promos at the press conference. Just one of the things I love about New Japan—they treat this like a real sport. They have these big press conferences, and you know, they're really, they really promote this thing. And you know, Omega—we just watched a promo of him at the press conference, um, just talking about, you know. Pretty much putting himself over what a big star he is <laughs> and that he's going to be the key to their U.S. expansion. He, he even started saying stuff
1: like, we know what New Japan wants and how they want guys like Okada to bring it to the mainstream of America, but it's not happening. But you've got me, your god of wrestling, Kenny, the cleaner Omega, bringing it to the forefront, and he talked about how they're they're selling more tickets than they ever had before. Um, you know, did Okada Naito draw well a couple years ago when they had their two match series? Yeah, but I mean, I don't see, I didn't see that match selling out the Tokyo Dome. Right. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know. I mean, I think to the Japanese fan that is the main event. To me, that's still the main event. But, yeah, that's definitely. I mean, but with this card being anchored down with this other dream match, it it, it does it does remind me kind of like it's a Hogan versus Rock. Yes, you know, um, it's a generational dream match for that audience, and th- I mean, we know Omega, and I mean, it's pretty obvious like Omega's the star. More than likely, unless New Japan throws something fishy, like some something crazy in there, he's gonna right. probably beat Jericho.
0: I would suppose. Yeah, I mean, I'd be highly surprised <laughs> if Jericho leaves Wrestle Kingdom twelve with the U.S. title.
1: But you know, Omega was saying stuff. Along the lines of like, hey, if you want to take wrestling to the next se- like to the next level, you want to be a true international star, you have to follow Kenny. You got to put the belt on Kenny sure. and let him beat everybody. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know some of the stuff that's been going on. Jericho he uh, did an interview. He said that, uh, and I don't know if he's working.
0: I, I think he's working. He said that he's never seen a Kenny Omega match.
1: He's a pretty busy guy, man. There's a chance that he's never... S- I mean, do you-
0: but do we think he really never saw Omega Okada? With all the hype it got, the six-star match, you think he didn't watch it? I don't know, we should, I'll, I'll have to go back and listen to his talk as Jericho because I'm pretty sure he mentioned something about it well, back when it came out. But he, He's come out and said, you know,
1: I've never watched an Omega match. I'm about to. So, And he said, you know, we're both at the level where I know. Jericho's so confident that if it, let's say it was true and he hasn't seen Omega wrestle before, he knows that he can get a great match out of anybody if he really wants to. That's how confident he is. I mean, he's been doing this since, when did he, when did he break in, 93? Right. So, I mean, and I mean, he's one of the all-time greats, so, of course. And he's coming
0: off one of the best years of his career. I do wonder, though. There's the intrigue. Like, is there going to be...
1: What if... Man, what if Jericho, like... He's going to be over in the Tokyo Dome, but, like... What if he doesn't know how to work to that crowd anymore? And, like, what if it falls flat? I mean, I don't know. Ric Flair went over to the Tokyo Dome, and it was kind of flat. If you've ever seen that match, like, there have been... I don't know. There've been gaijin workers who are big stars in America gone over there, and fallen flat in their face because it's different.
0: I don't know. It's it's exciting. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how the, that whole match plays out. Um, something else Jericho did—he um, created a parody shirt called the, uh, the Alpha, Alpha Club. Club. You know the playoff. You know the Bullet Club. Kenny Omega is the leader of the Bullet Club. So Jericho just doing a little joke with his Alpha Club T-shirt. I'm sure we'll see some of those Mania weekend. Yeah, at different indie shows.
1: I'm sure that that's coming, um, and all the proceeds to that. I don't remember which charity, but I know all the proceeds are going to. I think like a cancer research. Oh, I didn't
0: realize that. Yeah, that's, that's cool. Yeah,
1: he's not profiting off those. I'd have to look into it and see what you know what what it's going towards. But that's that. The cool thing though is. Um, they're really hyping this up. I mean, they're doing interviews. They're talking about it. Um, if you haven't seen the hype video that just came out from New Japan on the uh, on like YouTube, it's freaking epic. I mean, it's yeah. it's exci- this is gonna be an awesome
0: match. I mean, there's so much. You know, like you said, so much promo, so much fan art, just so much going into this match. This match is definitely gonna be a key to their U.S. expansion and really growing that brand and getting more you know U.S. North Northern Americans to uh, watch the New Japan product
1: so you know talking about that there's you know obviously there is a a partnership right now between New Japan and Ring of Honor it's been going on for a few years now right Um, you know they've they started out doing, like, the... Uh, what what was it? Global Wars? Global Wars. Global Wars here in the U.S. And, and they, uh, War of the Worlds. Yeah, War of the Worlds. I think it was Global Wars first, and then War of the Worlds. Is that right? I
0: believe so. It's, it's either... It's one or the other. It's flip I was, I was, Yeah, I
1: always mix them up. But then they, they started, you know, sending... You know, Japanese guys over there. Some of them, they even sent on excursions. And so there, there's there's a partnership there, which is awesome. So we get to see some of these guys come over and do tours in the States. We actually went uh, just a few weeks ago. We were in Lakeland. We got to see the Young Bucks.
0: And Kenny Omega. And Kenny
1: Omega. And it was
0: amazing. Um, um,
1: who else did we see that was Japanese? I mean, we saw Hangman Page. Obviously, he's on the roster. <laughs> I'm trying to think. It was mainly Ring of Honor guys. It was
0: mainly Ring of Honor. Yeah, just the Bullet Club guys were the New Japan guys that were featured Cody. Oh, yeah, Cody. Yeah. Well, another Bullet Club guy. We
1: didn't see any Japanese stars on that card, but, uh, you know, the, obviously there's a there's a partnership there. I mean, Kenny Omega is not a Ring of Honor guy.
0: Right. He's contracted to New Japan, which is why you don't see him as often in Ring of Honor as you see the Young Bucks and Cody and Hangman Page. Those guys are Ring of Honor contracts, so the Ring of Honor is their first priority, so, which is why you don't see that. Sometimes you don't see the Young Bucks on a lot of these, like, Road 2 shows. Because they only come in mainly for the big pay-per-view shows,
1: right? And so, with that being the case, there's three. I mean, there's going to be other cards that they're going to share talent. But there's three big upcoming cards that we probably want to talk about, to, or at least touch base on. So, um, or you know, it's not three; it's just two. <laughs> I'm like, for some reason, I'm I'm thinking uh, I don't know, but. There's the news that just broke recently that the Young Bucks and Cody, I mean, this started out, they're planning to self-finance, hopefully, the goal is to self-finance a show somewhere here in the U.S. that will seat
0: and break a record of 10,000 domestically. Right. And how this all got started, um, somebody on Twitter asked Dave Meltzer if uh, Ring of Honor could sell out a 10,000-seat arena. Meltzer said he didn't think so. Cody saw that response and took it as a challenge, and wanted to prove uh, Meltzer wrong. That there the, is
1: three shows. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, uh, but I thought about it. There is three <laughs> shows. Okay, I wasn't wrong, guys. Go. Sorry about
0: that, Jeremy. Go ahead. <laughs> you shouldn't. Come on, young boy. You're always right. Uh, but yeah, so uh, Cody wants to prove Meltzer wrong and pretty much prove the world wrong that um, another promotion that is not the WWE can draw a 10,000-seat show in North America. And they've already started looking at a few locations. I know... They're looking
1: at, like, California,
0: um, I think Georgia. Uh, ter- Ontario or
1: Toronto, I believe, one of those. That would be Canada, though. Yeah. So just North America. Just North America.
0: Okay. Um,
1: I've, heard, I've heard a few different places. I don't have them all off the top of my head, but they're looking at different markets that... I mean, it'd have to be the right market to do this. Right. Um, But the reason we're bringing it up, obviously, you know, Cody, the Young Bucks are both. Well, Cody's the Ring of Honor world champion. the Young Bucks, you know, international stars. But these are guys that are shared between Ring of Honor and New Japan. And you would have to think that if they're realistically and they've already talked about bringing Kenny in to do this. But if they're realistically ever going to hope to do a 10,000
0: seat show, they have to have New Japan star power. All right, I mean, they need. They pretty much need help from both New Japan and Ring of Honor um, for talent. Well, they're going to have for, to get approval
1: from Ring of Honor to even do it
0: at right, all. Right, right. So, I mean,
1: it's still early. We don't know if this, this show's going to even happen. But well,
0: I mean, Cody— They sound pretty serious about it. Right, Cody tweeted—let me see if I can find the tweet real quick. I,
1: I read an interview with that he he talked about this and he was like you know um, if the wrestling fans are just served the same product with the same recipe that they always have and I'm kind of paraphrasing he's like this this industry is not going to go anywhere and he's like you know I'm the son of a I'm the son of the American dream so I'm a dreamer and you know he heard he, he got offended when he heard from Dave Meltzer that they can't draw ten thousand and Cody's been to the big shows. He's been to the big dance, you know right. what I mean. He's um he's he was never a main eventer in, in WWE, but he has been around this industry. His dad was one of the greatest, uh, you know, bookers and you know drawing stars of the '70s and '80s. So I mean, it's not like unfathomable
0: that he would have aspirations to do something that changed this industry. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, I can't find the tweet, but pretty much um, he says something to the fact like. We don't have, you know, we can't confirm like a date or anything, but this is pretty much happening next year. Like he's, they're pretty much dead set on this um, show happening next year.
1: The, the the interesting thing about it is, was I was listening to, uh, and he, okay, let me just tell you guys, this is how big of a freaking wrestling dork I am. So I'm driving home from work the other day, and I'm listening to Observer Radio and I hear Dave Meltzer talking about this and he's talking about the, the show, uh, whether it's going to happen or not and he's like i don't think that a uh, any main of like any uh, promotion outside of WWE has done anything close to this in what say 17 18 years since 2001 wcw and um, and I'm driving home with my buddy who's not a wrestling fan. We're carpooling from work. And I'm, it's my car, so we, we have to listen to wrestling podcasts. <laughs> and he's like, I don't think any promotion's done this since and I was, And a, before he even got, it, got the words out, I was like, WCW. And my buddy just looks at me like, how did you know that? <laughs> and then he was like, I mean, he was like, God, I don't think even in their heyday, the ECW never did over. And I said, 6,000. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then Dave goes 6 and my buddy's like you know that and I was like yeah and then he was like you know and then I I don't think uh you know TNA's done what and I was like 7 and then he's like 7000 and then he was like <laughs> he's like you know and TNA uh, Ring of Honor's only topped out and I was like 35 He's like thirty-five <laughs> hundred. So it's it's pretty terrible that I actually know what the top cards of these different
0: various. Uh, and see, and this is why I call Josh a historian. He has all the facts and history, like. You have any argument that you need to solve, you know, call a young boy and he'll fact check it for Why you. Why am
1: I using my, my intellect and my great memory for wrestling trivia facts? How is this going to benefit <laughs> me in the long...
0: <laughs> it's going to benefit this podcast. I need, or... a ben-
1: I need to better the world. I need to go back to school. I don't know.
0: No, none of that. <laughs> I, was, I found the, the tweet from Cody. Okay. So he said, uh, so uh, Pro Wrestling Sheet posted um, the exclusive report about the 10,000 seat event. And then Cody um, retweeted and said, "We can't comment officially until we confirm the location, but we are far enough in the process to say it's happening in 2018, and we are swinging for the for the damn fences. Dare to dream."
1: I think they're calling it all in. Is the name of the show like preemptively? That's what I heard. Anyways, I don't know. I didn't see that they called it that, but I heard that. The report was that they were going to call the show all in because for them it would be on. They'd have to self finance the show. Sure. But the, the interesting thing is, listening, I was listening to the Observer and Dave Meltzer was like, "You know what? If they did do something like the Cow Palace, they can shoot for ten thousand. If they get it, that's phenomenal. If they don't get it, they don't actually have to do it for it to be a huge financial
0: success." Correct. The Allison's that show also. I mean. If they I think if even they did five thousand for 4500 and um, something else because even if they don't sell ten thousand they will make up the money on merch like that the, they're, they're killing it on merchandise the right? bullet club fan base I mean they are like the biggest merch buyers there are let's 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 just clarify that
1: the internet wrestling community independent scene wrestling fans are huge marks for merchandise
0: dude I own five <laughs> Bullet Club shirts. <laughs> I own the original Bullet Club shirt, the American Nightmare, the Villain Club, the Young Bucks, and the Kenny Omega shirt. What did that And, and right now I'm wearing a Los Ingro t-shirt. Tranquilo. Tranquilo, that's right. So I'm one of the biggest marketers there is out there. What did those run you, like 25 each? Um. Yeah. Oh my god. Well, uh, well, Hot Topic is a deal where you buy one t-shirt, you get uh, the other one half off. Oh wow. So I pick I pick up two. We should get hot topic to uh sponsor us for the plug that you just gave. Them. Yeah. I want to go there now. Yeah, hot topic. <laughs> Buy your New Japan gear at Hot Topic. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, so yeah, I mean they and speaking of Hot Topic and the T shirts, um all the Bullet Club merch, they are now the number one selling product. In Hot Topic, they surpassed that uh, pretty popular cartoon show called, I think it's Ricky and Morty or whatever it is, which see, is a pretty big deal. I hear a lot of people watch that show. I've been told that I would like that show. I work
1: so freaking much and then I spend the rest of my time watching wrestling watching wrestling, or trying to <laughs> that I don't know what Rick and Morty is. But uh, people were saying that there's no way that anything was going to surpass them in, in merchandise sales. I mean... Uh, the Young Bucks are...
0: Their shirts are outselling Rick and Morty. Right. It's insane. Right. So they're number one in Hot Topic. They're also um, Pro Wrestling Tees. They put out like a top 10 of the month. Pro Wrestling Tees is awesome. They have um, pretty much... All the Bullet Club shirts pretty much take up the top ten. All the different versions of the shirts they have. It's, it's-
1: kind of like Kenny Omega's year of wrestling. His all the top ten
0: <laughs> of the year. Kenny Omega's all the top ten shirts of the Young Bucks. Right. And I mean, there's also they also sell stuff on the Ring of Honor store. Young Bucks also have their own uh, stores like YoungBucksMerch.com where they sell stuff. So they are just racking it in when it comes to merchandise. So that would be a huge part of this 10,000 show. Um, the merchandise sales that they would make on this thing.
1: Well, here's... here's Going back to what we were talking about before is like, okay, so they, they're going to need the right market and the right timing. Um, we could talk about some of the prospective um, people that might hypothetically be on the card in 2018. We don't know here in a moment, but the two cards that I wanted to talk about that are going to build momentum for this hypothetical show, one, uh, this coming year, New Japan is returning to America, Okay. Uh, what? When are they doing that? That's in March. March. Yes. Okay. They're they're. Not, are
0: they going to Long Beach? They're going to California. Uh, I'm not a hundred percent sure. I believe it's Long Beach again. Let me see if I could. But look they're doing a bigger venue. Yes.
1: The um yeah. So I saw that, and the fact that New Japan is coming back, and they had way more success than they thought they were going to when they did the first show they
0: sold out uh, pretty quickly for the G1 special in USA last year
1: yeah so so right now um, they're coming they're planning to this year hypothetically open up uh, an office in Los Angeles and then a new Japan dojo so that if uh, I ever pursue my dream of becoming a pro wrestler I can go get worked (laughs)
0: like a real young boy (laughs) alright so here's the details uh March 25th, 2018 in Long Beach at the Walter Pyramid. It's okay. where it's where the show um, will be hold, held.
1: I think the Walter Pyramid if I remember correctly it sits something like 5 or 6 yes, 5000.
0: Okay, so they are th- So they're going to pretty much double the crowd from last year. Yeah, the they the like G1 Yeah, right? the G1 special had just over uh 2700 fans in attendance. So, the Walter Pyramid holds 5,000. So, if, if they're running a show in, in Long Beach that seats
1: 5,000, I believe that it's... I mean, I don't know. I'm not a... I don't know market research. I shouldn't assume that they're going to sell out. But, I mean, they're so hot right now. I wouldn't really be surprised if they did. I mean, indie, in San Francisco, there's indie shows that are running 4,500 for the Cow Palace shows and stuff like that. So, uh, what are the chances that the international fan base that's here in America wouldn't all show up... I mean, there's gonna be so much hype around that
0: show, right? I mean, at you, that point, you're gonna have people. I mean, Americans going into that show. You're also going to have uh, the Japanese fans flying over, and so. th-
1: and this is gonna be coming hot off the heels of of the of Wrestle Kingdom, okay? And then we're gonna be going into New Beginning, and you know, and then the New Japan uh, Cup and all that. It's gonna be one of the hottest times of the year before you know, before the G One later in the year. So there's I I can't imagine that the product isn't going to be more popular by that point
0: right so and then that all rolls into uh, Wrestlemania weekend Um, you know the biggest you know wrestling week um, for wrestling fans and you know all the guys from the social suplex podcast network we are all planning to be at New Orleans we're going to be
1: having a a social suplex panel and discussion
0: Uh (laughs) yeah (laughs) so if you see us out there you know, say hi to us and chill with us out there in New Orleans. We're gonna
1: be doing a QA at WrestleCon, <laughs> we're already booked for it. Uh, I think uh, we go up right after uh after Colt Cabana's uh, Art of War is right. that's our, our, our wrestling. wrestling podcast. He's gonna do his Q and A and then we're gonna take the stage. Yeah, he's we're, he's opening for us.
0: We're a pretty big deal if you guys didn't know. Um, but seriously, um so there is gonna be some New Japan presence at WrestleMania weekend, even though they did not want to do a New Japan-branded show um, during Mania weekend.
1: Which is... That's very interesting because for many... Well, for the independent scene here in the U.S., it's one, it is pretty much the biggest weekend. Even though many of these different uh, promotions run their own major card, quote-unquote, you know, their own version of WrestleMania, their biggest attendances are going to be at WrestleMania. Their
0: biggest right. merchandise is at WrestleMania. Pretty and, much every independent organization... Is going to be represented somehow,
1: right? And things are different now because they're. If, if you've gone to one of these WrestleMania weekends, they've really expanded. Progress is there now. You know, uh, Rev Pro runs a show now, so you've got a British presence. Crash is going to be there this year. They've got tons of Lucha guys. Um, they,
0: there's, they, there's Evolve. Yeah, uh, Evolve,
1: obviously. And I mean, um, uh, WWN and WrestleCon put on these big shows and, you know, super shows and all that. So the, the idea that... And obviously Ring of Honor does Super Supercard of Honor, and we're going to talk about that, but the fact that there was rumors that several different promotions... Came to New Japan and said they'd like to put on either a super show or like some sort of uh, co promoted presence to A, boost those uh, independent scenes, but also to, to give um, New Japan a foothold here in America because they are looking to expand and they wanted nothing to do with it.
0: Right. And that's, you Didn't know, you want to be there. Right. Like they don't feel like they need the rub of. WrestleMania weekend
1: WWE's rub
0: <laughs> right you know they they don't need to be with WWE like they can do their own thing so I mean I think it would be great if they did do a show oh, but, it'd be awesome but to say I understand kind of why they don't want to do it but there will be New Japan presence that weekend uh one of their top stars Hiroshi Tanahashi um he's doing the Rev Pro Show right we can pretty much compare him to like a John Cena their John Cena He's like John Cena, mixed with Shawn Michaels, mixed with
1: Fergie and Jesus. I mean. Um, so, yeah. He's the ace. Yeah, We're he, the ace of podcasts, but he's the ace, he's ace of, of, new life, of, of life,
0: of <laughs> humanity. So, he's going to be at WrestleMania weekend. He's going to be wrestling at the Rev Pro Show. And he's also going to be wrestling at the Ring of Honor Supercard Super rela- of Honor. Of Honor. His opponents are not announced for both of those shows, but it's just a pretty big deal that Hiroshi Tanahashi is gonna be wrestling in the United States, and it's gonna be must see. I know we're planning on seeing Tanahashi definitely at RevPro. Uh, we're still debating whether we're going to Ring of Honor or NXT, but I think we're leaning towards Ring of Honor because you know, it's not that often you get to see Tanahashi do his thing live. Yeah, I could always watch uh, NXT on the network or, you know, there's going to be plenty of takeovers throughout the year. But Hiroshi Tanahashi only wrestles in the U.S. once or twice a year. So you got to see that man live when you have the chance to.
1: I mean, he's done shows in the U.S. for Ring of Honor. He's done some of these global wars slash war of the worlds, whatever they're called. He's right. done them. Um, but I don't think he's done very many big, big shows in America, like on, on a pay-per-view like this, uh, one, the, the interesting thing about this show to me anyways, was when we were deliberating, do we go to NXT? Cause we know it's going to be great. Or do we go to ring of honor? I started looking at the, the, um, the venue. They're going to the lakefront arena in new Orleans. It's now called the Uno lakefront arena. And, um, that thing seats 10,000. <laughs> That's the capacity with uh, The capacity is 8,933 because it's a basketball arena, but altogether, if they uh, do it for wrestling, which they've already mapped out,
0: it's a 10,000-seat capacity arena. So, I mean, it could be possible, but that Young Bucks and Cody, they get a 10,000 show after the fact. Right.
1: So, I mean, the reason that we bring this up, well, obviously, and we're going to talk more about Super Honor here in a moment, but, you know, you're going to go from... You know, obviously, Wrestle, uh, freaking Wrestle Kingdom, all right, and all the all the publicity that's going to generate. Then they're going to do a New Japan show in Long Beach. They're going to do 5K, and then they're going to ramp up. and Who knows what they're going to do at WrestleMania? They could do 6,500, 75, whatever. It, it's almost like they're building the momentum for when 2018 comes around. They do this all-in show, and they've already got over these hurdles they're building they're building momentum to where they can do this 10,000 show.
0: i think that super card of honor show is going to be a good predictor of how well the young bucks and cody's show is going to do
1: yeah absolutely and you know going back to that show um a couple things so there was a uh there was reports recently um that you know, there's been stuff on Twitter where the and like uh, yeah on Twitter where like the young bucks have mentioned CM Punk. Now we know CM Punk is obviously he's under contract with uh, the UFC and uh, there's actually reports coming out right now that he's gonna be. Um, I forget where the card. I think the card's in Detroit this weekend. I'm gonna watch it anyways. Yeah, uh, I think it's is well, it in Detroit. I think so. Yeah. Uh, he's gonna meet with Dana White, so they're talking about another fight. So we're not talking about a return to wrestling. I don't think anytime soon. But there was reports few months back that they were talking about they want if they could add anybody to the Bullet Club it would be CM Punk I didn't know he was close with
0: Nick and Matt Jackson but apparently they're boys (laughs) right I mean um I was trying to think no Punk was already out of Ring of Honor by the time the Young Bucks were there but I mean they kind of rolled the same crowd so it's not too surprising that they kind of know each other but um CM Punk um, his name has been thrown out a lot in discussion of this 10,000 show. A lot of fans have called into the Wrestling Observer Live and said, you know, they Kenny or Cody and the Bucks they need CM Punk on their card to help set, to help draw 10,000. Well, it, it's kind of like this, you know,
1: WWE. How many top stars that have left are still like top guys, big names, you know, big big names. We're talking about like at the top drawing power. And the guys that aren't wrestling that you think of immediate or immediately are Brian and Punk. Right. You know what I mean? Those are guys that move the needle. Um, in the interview that I read, Nick and Matt Jackson said that Punk told them he wasn't thinking about coming back to wrestling anytime soon, but he did say, and this is what was quoted: He said, "If I ever think about it, you're you're going to be the first guys I call when that happens." So, he's not talking about calling Vince or Paul. <laughs> <laughs> he's talking about calling
0: Nick and Matt. Right. And, you know, in, in the wrestling business, they always say, never say never. You never know what's going to happen. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Punk does get the itch. and Even if it was just for an appearance or an right. angle or he's the special guest referee. Right. Or he's, like, they're the manager for the night for the Young Bucks match something the the other name that keeps getting thrown around
1: and I think a lot of this at this point is just speculation but there's so much uh, speculation around it we have to talk about it is Daniel Bryan or Bryan Danielson the American Dragon yes um, so obviously we there have been reports even recently that have been coming out that Brie Bella just talked about it the other day uh, he's married to Brie right That's yes yeah. okay. <laughs> Brie Mode Brie Mode and <laughs> uh, she said that he's cleared every doctor that they've been talking to has said he is fit to wrestle. Not only that, but that he is better off now after this break because of all the uh, hyperbaric time chamber Goku
0: (laughs) and Vegeta. Uh, Healing he's been doing. All the sensu beans he's been eating. Um, And, but the most interesting thing about the Daniel Bryan thing, a lot of people, you know, including us, they want to see Daniel Bryan wrestle guys like Omega and Okada. But Daniel Bryan said that his goal is to return to a WWE ring. Right. Dan- Daniel Bryan does not want to leave WWE. He wants to be cleared so he can cut back and continue his run in WWE.
1: Right, and I mean, that would make the most sense because, I mean, they would let him work a part-time schedule at that point. Um, it, it, that would make sense. But hypothetically, this guy loves wrestling so much, and it is his passion, so much so that if it comes down to it and WWE won't clear him, which right now they're evaluating, uh, from what Bree said, they are evaluating the findings of the other doctors because they're in a tricky spot. Even if he is cleared, how does that look to the investors? How does that look to the shareholders right. and the uh, uh, the advertisers? Can they bring a guy back that they publicly said had a lesion on his brain? Uh,
0: can they take and, that liability? And which that, too, I've heard there's been kind of like some mis- Diagnosis about that lesion on his brain, or the term they used wasn't exactly what they thought it was. Right, exactly. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot of things that we're unclear about. And here's the thing all this stuff is posted on, you know, wrestling dirt sheets and newsletters. We have no way of knowing what is 100% true and what's not. Well, we know what Daniel said. Right. Well, we know what Brian Daniel says, but what other people report about his health, we don't know. We have to pretty much go. Daniel Bryan's pretty much the key source to his own health, but you know there's a lot. He's come out and said basically, if it's
1: going to jeopardize his future, and they tell him he can't do it, he won't do it. Right. But if he can do it, he's gonna wrestle.
0: That's right. And he's all these different doctors are saying he can do it, and that it won't damage him. So and and
1: what that means though is, let's say WWE doesn't clear him. We're gonna see that guy at the CMLL anniversary show doing a hair versus a beard versus <laughs> mask yeah. We're gonna and, uh, see him in the Tokyo Dome at some point. What are the chances that if they want to sell at a ten thousand seat arena, that they get one of the biggest draws in America today to come back and maybe make his return, maybe against a Kenny Omega, or what if he wrestled a Tanahashi or Nakata?
0: You know what I mean? That would be huge for Daniel Bryan and just for the wrestling world in general. Uh, Speaking of that, so we have to assume at this point, if they're going to do
1: this show and they're self-financing it, you know, all three of those guys are guys that are booked heavily and strongly in Japan. I don't see Japan not having some sort of co-promotion or hand in, in the involvement of this big show, especially with them trying to expand in America. So what better way to get exposure for an Okada or an Ishii or Naito. Michael Elgin Naito Ibushi the LIJ right. and the Bullet Club and you know Su- who knows Minoru Suzuki might be one of the top guys on that card Goto about, I- what about Toro Yanu <laughs> how about Bone Soldier <laughs> but Bone Soldier that'll put butts in the seat yeah but um you know, we're, we're talking about this because there's more news that's going to be coming out about it. It's it's way off in the future, but it, it's an exciting time because you've got these three American shows, and we obviously we're Americans. And we we love New Japan. We're going to be covering what's going on over in Japan, but this is the current news that's going on right now with with the cards, basically,
0: and the expansion. The U.S. expansion right. is super exciting. And uh, another part of the U.S. expansion, um, New Japan just recently launched a U.S. YouTube channel. And they're gonna be posting, you know, a lot of the post-match promos from their shows on oh. this YouTube channel, and it's, they're gonna have the English uh, subtitles. That's
1: gonna be worth its weight in gold because, as a fan of New Japan Pro Wrestling, like I love it, but. Um, it's one of the only reasons, well, not one of the only reasons, but one of the main reasons I love Axis is because they translate those interviews after the match. And I'm like, oh, so that's what, you know, Abushi was saying three years ago. <laughs>
0: right. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, they translate everything. And so this is going to be another key into, um, you know, the U.S. fans understanding what is happening. And you know and I'm sure they're gonna take advantage of all the gaijin they have on the roster to cut promos on this YouTube channel.
1: They've got a lot of promos on here right now. I'm just looking they've got the World Tag League uh, promos going on. Are these um I haven't even really started to look at these. Are these um, translated already?
0: Uh, I think they have like the English uh, subtitles subtitles on there. That's awesome. <laughs> so yeah, let me just. I'll and they
1: they've got promos on here with Kenny Omega. They've got uh, New Japan on the road with like Will Ospreay. This is this. Right. Is, this so is awesome. yeah,
0: I I just pulled up one of the videos here, and yeah, it has the English subtitles on so, here. So we can watch this stuff on New Japan World, and then bring it up on YouTube and watch the the
1: post matches. That's awesome. Yeah, they got the J Wide uh, or the J Wide Switchblade promo. The re- uh, the. Chris Jericho Tokyo Dome promo. This stuff is freaking awesome, guys. Yeah. Um, you know. With that being said, if you uh, aren't subscribed to New Japan World, I mean, it's nine ninety nine. It's actually yeah. It's
0: actually oh yeah 9.99 yen, but it's that's it's like, like eight dollars. It's like eight fifty uh, U.S. dollars. They've got everything translated to to
1: like English. It's not. Always the the best translation, but I mean, you can navigate that website it's three years ago or two years ago, whenever it was. You couldn't really. It was yeah. you had to really know what you were doing to get through it. Right. They made it much more fr- fan friendly. They're they're trying to um, you know market this thing to right. English uh, speakers. And a lot of
0: their big shows now um, always has English commentary with uh, Kevin Kelly and uh, Don Callis, aka Cyrus, and they do a great job um, commentating that stuff. This is the
1: best Kevin Kelly's ever been.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they got Cyrus. And so, like, if
1: you're not, like, if you're like, hey, I can't really get into it because there's not a story or I don't understand it. You know, I like to watch New Japan with, the, you know, the Japanese, Japanese commentary. Sometimes. Yeah,
0: I mean, it's pretty much like watching, like, you know, soccer with the Spanish announcers. Like the Japanese announcers, they get so into it. Sure, you don't understand what they're saying, besides lariato and <laughs> uh, suple or whatever else it's they your say, ball! right? Uh, but you you sense their excitement, and you just you get get you more into the match. So you know. But even even with that being the case, if if you can't get into it because
1: of the language barrier, they're overcoming that. They right. did more English shows this past.
0: They're year. breaking that barrier down. And, you know you mentioned about the whole story thing you know there there, are, there stories are stories in new japan like every show i've watched there's been some kind of story oh you know the, what's crazy jeremy their stories are coherent they yes. don't they don't treat us like we're idiots like we like certain guys didn't feud 5 years ago or something like that right dude the booking makes so much sense it's very easy for you to understand their stories make sense like I mean, I would assume, you know,
1: to be honest with you guys, there's probably fans out there listening to us right now. If you're listening to this, you probably looked for New Japan and you're probably a a diehard fan. You're like, who are these guys? Why are these guys trying to explain to us... You know, we know how great New Japan right. is, but this is for those guys out there or girls who are listening right now who are like, Should I give this a shot? And, right. and I'm know, And we, I'm we sure. We want to expand this thing to people that don't watch the product.
0: Right. And I'm sure a lot of the fans in the Wrestling Squared Circle, which is our uh, Facebook group, and a lot of the people that uh, follow the Social Suplex podcast network. I can. I'm pretty confident that majority of those people are not following New Japan regularly, or have kind of been on the fence on whether or not they should try. So, like I said earlier in the show, it's our goal to try and get more people to watch New and Japan.
1: It's cool too. They they do. Um, they post. Uh, Ring of Honor shows that. Uh, have the New Japan guys on them. Sometimes they'll even just post the selected matches. They won't post. You know all of like say final battle or something, but they'll post the ones that maybe like Takahashi or Kushida were involved in, which is awesome. And then they they cover select Rev Pro, uh, which is like a dream match um, promotion over in uh, the UK in the UK. And they have select shows that they do with them, like, once a year. And those are English-speaking, too. I mean, there's a lot of English content now on this channel. It's freaking awesome.
0: Right. I mean, there's pretty much at this point no excuse for maybe not having time to watching uh, New Japan. Um, So... I think uh, that's
1: gonna that's gonna cover everything for the first episode. Of right. So, yeah. keeping it strong style, the ASA podcast. Yeah. So
0: we just want to thank you guys for uh, listening and downloading the show. You can uh, follow us on Twitter at ki strong style. You can follow me on Twitter at Jeremy L Donovan. Yeah. You got a Twitter, Josh?
1: We're gonna have to work on the young boy. <laughs> he, he's not really doing the whole social media thing right now. Twitter. But uh, you know, I. I think this is awesome, the privilege to kind of, uh, and you know, we're just marks at the end of the day. We right. know we're, that we're just fans, but the I'll have to get my social media game up if I really want to do this thing big. But we, we've got other episodes that are coming up. We're going to be covering the World Tag League. Um,
0: we're going to be covering the World Tag League. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Young Lions Cup. You got the Young Lions Cup. Uh, Ring of Honor Final Battle. Uh, um, there's other news, other
1: any new breaking New Japan news that comes up in the following weeks, we're gonna be covering. We're gonna be giving health updates on like Shibata and Hanma's that sort of stuff breaks. Right. Wrestle Kingdom's on the way. We're gonna be covering the Road Two shows and all throughout the year, um, we, we're even gonna do cool stuff, retro shows. We, right. we might be doing some Joshi coverage. So right. you guys, you guys let us know what you want us to right. cover. If you're listening, um, you can, you know.
0: Um, uh, Jeremy's Twitter handle. Yeah, you can tweet me at Jeremy L Donovan. You can tweet the show at K I Strongstyle. You can tweet um at Social Suplex and Oh you
1: know, oh was there more? My
0: sorry, bad. <laughs> I was gonna say if you like the show, you know, leave us a rating and review at the Social Suplex Podcast Network. You can find us on Podbean Apple Podcasts, uh Stitcher uh, pretty much anywhere you get your podcast will be at.
1: Also, um, most of those sites will only allow you to do five stars. We know that this is a six star, six and a quarter star show, but <laughs> we're going to be limited to five to the Dave Meltzer classic five star match yes. rating. But um, giving us a five star, it's not for our benefit. It's you know, it's for the benefit of uh, expanding New Japan. There's other guys covering this as well, and I mean that's it's awesome. We need more people covering this product and getting the word out about it. Um, One last thing before we go. Well, two things. One, we are having, uh, I know this is brand new, but we are having a New Japan um, Awards show at the end of the year. We're going to be dropping the um, survey uh, in various different places. It'll be covered on Reddit, Wrestling Squared Circle.
0: Yeah, go ahead and uh, if you're on Facebook, join our Facebook group. It's the Wrestling Squared Circle Facebook group, uh, we have um, threads up there from uh, Raw, SmackDown, pay per views NXT. NXT. Um, i plan to start doing more. We got a guy that shows up every week. Next, we're gonna watch uh, TNA. <laughs> and Pop. Yeah. Uh, I think he's a bot, but he's there. And I'm, I'm planning. We need to um, start doing more. Uh, New Japan, Japan, Japan threads. threads. But we're, we're gonna have to all coordinate it because no, no one can stay up late enough to watch it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, but I mean we can just post a thread on there and everybody can post their thoughts in there.
1: And if, and if you're watching because some of you are gonna find this show based on the uh, the survey that we're about to drop because we're gonna drop it in different forums, different sites. Um, you know, do us a favor, vote on that thing. We want to hear your voice. This isn't a show where we're gonna override you and say. hey... <laughs> we're not like Jeremy uh, mean, uh, Jeremy, uh, we're not like James Boyd and uh, Rich Latta over there on One Nation Radio who when they do their award show if they don't agree with you guys they're going to just override it right. you know we, we picked the uh, we picked the different topics with a lot of thoughtfulness we're going to cover that in the future episode too but go give us let us know who you think was the best of the year and then we're going to post it. Hopefully these awards get, you know, a few hundred votes or something like
0: that. Right. It would be awesome. Yeah, it would be great. So, yeah, be on the lookout for that. Be on the lookout for another episode of Keeping It Strong Style. You can check out the other shows on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. We have One Nation Radio hosted by uh, Rich Lotta and James Boyd. The SMC Podcast uh, with uh, Rance <laughs> Forrest. And Carl, Urban Carl and Irvin and Caleb Baldwin. Baldwin. And we also have the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show all the way from Scotland. Um, also, Rich and James host of One Nation Live, which um, streams live every Sunday from our yeah. Facebook group on the Wrestling Squared Circle. Been, so, yeah, man, there's a lot of uh, shows for you to check out and enjoy. So, and uh, the last thing
1: before we go shout out to Rich Latta. Uh, Two Nation Radio. No, I'm just playing. One Nation Radio. Uh, he's one of our administrators on the group. He recorded our song, uh, Free of Charge, on short notice. Uh, so he's giving back to the business.
0: <laughs> and uh, also, shout out to Mike Fergus, who uh, did the logo for Keeping a Strong Style. Mike, you did awesome
1: work, man. I don't know you. <laughs> I've never met you, but I mean... The, the, the work you did on our logo, it's it's yeah. freaking awesome. And he,
0: he's also done uh, the new logos for One Nation Radio and all the other shows on our network. Let's so shout out to him, free of cost. I ha-
1: promise you, at some point, if this show ever makes a dime, you will get something will, from us. We will
0: CTC, cut the check. <laughs> and so I think that's going to be wrap it up. Until next time, good night and goodbye. Bang!